Hi, hello. This is Josh Bow of Mavs Moneyball. It is Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm coming to you on a Thursday night after the Mavericks have beaten the Brooklyn Nets 123 to 111 in Dallas. It snaps the Mavericks' uh, two-game losing streak. They pick up their 22nd win on the year. They're 22 and 12. A very interesting game I'm hosting tonight uh, to kind of switch spots with Kirk Henderson, who's with me. Kirk, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That was a uh, little bit of a palate cleanser after the last two games. You know, I was, I think, you know, Rebecca and I were the only two people who I think watched the the Oklahoma City game live on New Year's Eve. And it was it was just nice to see the Mavericks come out and and they didn't play particularly well for the whole game. But they played well enough when it mattered and to kind of, you know, after they struggled in crunch time against the the Thunder and really collapsed, to see them come back out and play a, a you know, it was honestly they were led by Luca. He really came on. But enough of the team played well enough in spots for them to be in that position to bounce back from those, uh, you know, they had a pair of 10-point deficits in the game. So it was, it was just it was nice. I was glad to see it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny how they kind of avoided us having to talk about clutch time offense because clutch time didn't technically exist in this game. I think it was when it was under when it was five minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Mavs had like a seven point lead and it never got it never got closer. So that's one way to handle that is to just just kind of blow teams away uh, before you get to that time. So it was it was just good to see, like you said, enough guys kind of chipped in. Uh, you know, obviously, Luca, Seth Curry had a huge night, uh, five of five from three, 25 points. Uh, you were talking about on Twitter, I think you're talking about how hot, cold he runs in the last, in the two game losses. He was very poor from the field. So it makes sense that he would kind of flip a switch and, and turn on right now. And um, it's, it, you know, kind of continues his strange season where we keep thinking after he has like a really good game we're like okay this is where he turns the corner and he's gonna start averaging like 13 14 15 points and start hitting you know 42 percent of his threes and it hasn't really happened you know he's still been a you know a positive player for the most part but the inconsistency has just been something as Mavs fans for sure just not something they're used to considering how well he played in the one season in Dallas a few years ago but Obviously, really good to see him hit some shots. Uh, without Tim Hardaway Jr., without Kristaps Porzingis, both were out with their injuries, uh, suffered in the Lakers game. Either they just they need as much guys that can hit shots as possible. So uh, that was just good to see. Um, and I, you know, I really think you know after Luca, even with Seth shooting, Maxi was probably the most impactful guy on the floor. Um, Eighteen points and only four rebounds, but three blocks and really indispensable when Dwight Powell just did not really have much going of anything tonight. Um, so that was just nice to see. I think Kleba has been w- one of the, one of the most important Mavericks on the season so far. And he had a good game tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be really interested in seeing the potential assists for Luka Doncic in this game. It felt, you know, his, his control in this game was a lot better than it was against the Thunder uh, he still had more turnovers, but he was, you know, finding open guys. the The passing lanes weren't near as clogged as they were versus the versus the Thunder the other night. And you know, in the first, you know, three quarters, Doncic had so many passes to open guys that just didn't go down. And then in the fourth, he has more or less decided to heck with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on my own and got hot, and his shot really looked 
about as good as it's been uh, in 2020. Just kidding. He's only had one game. Uh, it, it, it really is about as good as a shot has looked in about four or five games, which was, which is, is just, is just nice to see. It's, it's, you know, he, when you look up from the box score and, and all, you know, he has these, these games where it doesn't look like he's playing particularly well. And yet he still stuffs the box score, you know, 31 points, 13 rebounds and seven assists is pretty remarkable. Three of five of eight from deep. He got to the line. He's still not getting to the line for as much as he gets hammered. Uh, that's probably going to take a couple of years for, for the refs to figure out how to ref him correctly. But, you know, I was, I was pleased. It was a game. It's it's nice not to be super worked up after a game, which it's feel like it feels like it's been a while, at least for me, since uh, <laughs> I've had one of these games where I'm not, like, super excited at the end or angry or whatnot. I'm just kind of like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to the next one. It's just pleasant. Yeah, and bouncing off your point about the Luka potential assists, I think in the first quarter uh, they had Dwight take two threes in the first two and a half minutes off Luka passes. <laughs> I think Dorian Finney-Smith missed like four or five threes in a row, and all of his misses seemed to come from really good Luka passes. So, so yeah, that was definitely – that was frustrating. But uh, Finney-Smith came on. He had a, a much better fourth quarter. Uh, Pal had a much better fourth quarter too, and and he had a couple of nice plays in the fourth. But yeah, he was a little, he was a little wonky. And talking about Luca's shot, you're right. Like he had a lot of lift. Like he just looked a lot more comfortable. And you know, looking at his line, you know, he was 50 percent from the field. He was over 50 percent from three, and then you know, eight and nine from the line. Like I don't know how many nights he's been 50 percent from the floor overall and 50 percent from three like mm-hmm. as great as he's been and has you know efficient as he's been you know he's either been he's been feasting at the rim and maybe he has kind of a wonky night from three but you know he hasn't had a night where he's been this consistent from all spots of the floor which was was which is kind of crazy to say about him you know averaging like basically 30 points a game and and shooting you know like 70 percent from the rim but uh yeah, it, it, that was just that was just nice to see. Like it, he just looked comfortable, and Boban set like a massive screen in the fourth quarter where he didn't have to do a wild step back. He just kind of kind of mm-hmm. rocked the dribble back and just kind of it just floated right into the shot. Like it just looked he just looked very comfortable. And I think what helped you talked about the passing lanes not being super clogged. They did do uh, you know basically one big starting with Justin Jackson and Finney Smith starting at the forwards and and say what you will about. Uh, Justin Jackson and how poor he's played over the last two two or so weeks, or you know, a lot of December. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I looked at the I've looked at the box scores. He's oh, been no. bad. He's been bad since before Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're but, right. It was a better game. Yeah, and it was just good to see, like. I think the the four out. I mean, it was basically five out offense. You know, yeah. with Maxi out, I think that really helped Luca get into a little bit better of a groove. Even if guys weren't hitting shots, it just looked better, and it it was like a result. It was like a process. Good, good process eventually led to good results. Um, and you know, Maxi had a great night. Like DeAndre, like and especially against the Nets, if they're starting DeAndre Jordan, as we all know, with DeAndre Jordan, he wants nothing to do with leaving the paint on defense or really doing much of any movement at all on defense. So he had, he had wanted no part of Maxi at the three point line and Dallas exploited that, I think right. all night. And it fine, you know, they weren't necessarily hitting the shots early on, but they just kept, they kept sticking with it, sticking with it. And then, the, and those shots fall, fell. Um, there anything else? I think this was kind of, this was a kind of kooky game. It felt 
Uh, is there anything you wanted to to talk about that because Rick kind of threw some lineups at the wall we haven't seen? You know, the the refing was kind of weird. Uh, it was just what you know. You have any other kind of general? No, I mean, we, we we can't talk enough and praise Maxi Kleba enough. He and and Finney Smith are really among probably the two best value contracts in the league. Now that we're like 34, 35 games in the season, I think we should circle back and talk about something that we were, you know, discussing in the off season. And, and essentially for the Mavericks to be where they are right now, four months ago, the thing Josh and I both said was that they needed to hit in every point of their off season, meaning the guys that they signed or re-signed all had to come uh, and, and contribute more than they have before. And more or less, with the maybe outside exception of DeLon Wright, who has been inconsistent, I feel like the entire roster has really looked you know, very good and kind of playing above themselves. And you pair that with Luka Doncic, and that's how you have a team that's fifth in the West when we were really hoping for them to be, you know, eight, nine, and kind of on, you know, just hoping for them to be on the outside looking in. Uh, Kaliba was outstanding because to be able to go from having – you know, Kristaps Porzingis, who acts as, you know, the stretch five who can block shots to going to a, you know, a solid B version of that in Kleba is a lot more valuable than I think we really, than we're really contextualizing from night to night because it's, it's just so helpful. You know, there was one play, I feel like it was in the second quarter, uh, Bobby Corrala tweeted about it. It wasn't even a play. It was like a, a push off a fast break where Dwight Powell set a screen for Luca's man in the backcourt. And so Luca pushed just enough. And Max, you ended up being the trail guy. So Luca got all the way down to kind of like the right short corner and just flipped the pass over his head to, to Kleba, who was just wide open at the top of the key for three. Like those kind of, you know, the ability to do that in a, in a uh, fast breaker, it was kind of like a slow break situation. is just so valuable to, to keeping the defense on their toes at all times. And I know, you know, we're going to probably talk about defense more at some point in the season. Like the Mavericks played, they held the Nets to 18 points in the fourth quarter. I have no idea how. I don't really think they did anything particularly special. But the reason I bring that up is the offense is so potent that the defense just has to be passable most games. And that was essentially what happened for the Mavericks tonight is they played just well enough defensively uh, for a significance you know for for just long enough in the fourth quarter to where you know they they got ahead and then that, that was how they they came away with such a large a 12 point victory in this game is pretty surprising considering how close the game was so i just kind of wanted to highlight those two things um uh because i was just thinking about it you know we we you know i want these games these post-game podcasts to be mostly game focused but we're so far into it now i just felt like that was worth circling back on at least a little bit yeah, definitely for sure. Those are and those are great points, and especially with Maxi, uh, it was good to see you know three blocks. I think his block numbers have been a little reduced, and that makes sense because he's playing a little bit more of the four and not the five, so he's not necessarily always at the rim as much as he was uh, the previous couple of seasons. And you're absolutely right about the improvement. You know, for me, I know like I think I've tweeted this, but like obviously for the Mavs, it wasn't this case because they were committed to him and they gave him a multi-year contract. But for me, this was like a put up or shut up season for Dorian Finney Smith. Like I just had to see something like it it just needs something in in a positive direction and not just a, well, we like this guy, even though the Mavs, you know, the team's winning 25 to 34 games, you know, but, you know, but he does all these things. It's like, well, I got to see him do those things 
on a team that's making some type of trend upward, not necessarily what they're doing now, just, just something. And, and that's been great. And obviously the Mavs felt differently because, you know, they, they seem like they were kind of, they've been committed to him, you know, almost from the start once he kind of showed them something in his rookie year. Uh, But for me personally, like I, you know, I don't know, (laughs) I don't matter, but it was just, it was just nice to see him, uh, make that leap and Maxi making the leap with his three point shooting has been great. And, um, yeah. And, uh, like he's talking about the game more about the game itself. Uh, I thought the interest, one of the more interesting things was just how Rick, you could tell when the Mavs lose two in a row and they look kind of sloppy. I was kind of thinking in my head, they kind of, I, I think I said this in Slack. I was like, they need a, they need some sort of spark tonight. And that's, I was mentioning about Josh Reeves getting called up and playing and I didn't necessarily expect it to be Reeves, but I felt like something was going to change. And sure enough, you know, they go a small lineup to start the game. They start JJ, they start Justin Jackson, they start one big Uh, Courtney Lee came off the bench in the first quarter. Um, uh, Boban played 13 minutes. Uh, It it was a very, you know, Justin Jackson playing 26 minutes, which is, the most he's played in a while, like in Berea playing 21 minutes. Uh, it was just kind of, inter- it was an interesting, there were a lot of quirky lineups in the first quarter and first half of the second quarter. And then Rick kind of settled into, uh, you know, Maxie and Dwight and Dolan Wright, you know, and, and Finney Smith and, and the normal rotation of guys and, and Lee only played three minutes, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, especially with, you know, Jalen Brunson didn't really get didn't get off the bench, I think, until halfway through the third quarter, uh, which was another interesting thing for me, considering how important I kind of figured he would be to this thing uh, mm-hmm. before the season. So do you have any uh, thoughts on the, the kind of oh, really pleased with Brunson? Brunson has has had a couple. He had a couple of not good games, nothing terrible, but just not effective. And for him to play the minutes that he played tonight was really nice. What the Mavericks are going to have to do, you know, tonight I was a key example of this and really over this six-game homestand, as they work through and, you know, hopefully Orzingis will be back soon. We have no idea. Same with, with Tim Hardaway Jr. We just don't have any idea. As the Mavericks work through these injury issues, which were bound to happen over an NBA season, they need to find creative ways to get wins. And, you know, this is a pretty good start. So that's, that's really, you know, Home cooking is going to do them some good. They need to they need to establish a little bit of a rhythm at home because the fact that they still have won more away games and home games is pretty bizarre to me. Um, but that's you know it's about where we are with it. I it, it's it's going to be fun to watch these next few games just to see what wrinkles Carlisle comes up with to be able to extract you know keep teams off kilter to a degree. And the the rotation and you know foul trouble kind of played into this for Luca, but he had an odd rotation. Different guys came in at different points. I don't think that like the Nets didn't really look particularly prepared to play the Mavericks or defend the Mavericks, which I thought was interesting since they had a couple of day break. But that's about all I got. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to one the my final thought before we leave is I just thought as weird as this game was refed and as much as that kind of bogged down the first half, uh, it was just a really kind of sloppy and chippy game. I thought this was like an interesting game. You know, it's, it's two teams that are desperate for a win. With Brooklyn was came into this losing three in a row Dallas losing two it's two teams that are missing important pieces you know the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving right now the Mavs don't have Chris Tops and Tim Hardaway Jr but that's two teams that are exceptionally well coached with systems that a lot of these guys can kind of run in their sleep 
with with high BBIQ, you know, basketball IQ players, even if they aren't like super talented guys on both sides of the floor. And also kind of contrasting styles because Brooklyn really likes to push it. I think they're fifth in pace and the Mavs aren't really like a, a super high tempo team. And I just thought it was kind of fun. Like even though it got a little sloppy and a little disjointed, it was kind of fun to watch these two like really well coached teams just kind of going back and forth, drilling their systems to death to try to generate like good looks. And like it, it might not be like it might not be like the most amazing game to watch if you're just kind of casually watching. I just kind of like the styles and and the the contrasting styles but also the kind of similarities in terms of these teams just really seem to be uh they've bought into their coach and they bought into their system and it was just fun to see two teams kind of do that at the same time and go against each other and when they're desperate for a win but yeah uh, so yeah that was just kind of fun to watch that was kind of my lasting thought uh so yeah solid win to get a double digit win uh with how the night started is just fantastic and a good way to start off this homestand so that's all i got anything else kirk too let's uh let's get on out of here all right excellent well so the mavs beat the brooklyn nets 123 to 111 they will play again at home uh on the fourth i believe that's saturday yeah on saturday in dallas against the charlotte hornets at 7 30 uh presumably uh, me and kirk will be back or one of me or one of kirk will be back to to talk to you after that game And so this has been Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we'll see you then.